0: Welcome to another episode of Mission Compliance, unleashing growth potential for defense contractors. In today's episode, we continue down the road of understanding CMMC, its regulations, and its controls. Up next is AC.L2-3.1.6. Use non-privileged accounts or roles when accessing non-security functions. We'll we'll break down what this control means, why it matters, and how it impacts your organization's cybersecurity posture. We'll also provide practical insights and strategies for achieving compliance and securing your systems effectively. So whether you're a defense contractor aiming to win more contracts, or simply someone interested in bolstering your cybersecurity knowledge, you're in the right place. Holy compliance, Batman! We're joined once again today by Mike Frieder, president of OnCall call Compliance Solutions and a CMMC professional assessor. Thanks for joining us, Mike. Hey, absolutely, Roman. Always a pleasure. So, Mike, today we're talking about non-privileged accounts and how to, differenti- how to differentiate them when performing non-crucial functions. And we actually had to pump the brakes on you, on you last time because you started talking about non-privileged accounts. <laughs> and we said, that's next week's topic. Hold on to it. Now here we are. So with that being said, why is it important to separate privileged and
1: non-privileged accounts when, when performing certain functions? Uh, it's a great question, Roman. And I think you know it's particularly relevant to our audience because number one is the answers given are oftentimes wrong and kind of misunderstood. And, and if you're sort of your typical base level IT person who's never really dealt a lot with cybersecurity and best practices before you kind of look at this control and you go, what's the point? Like, I don't get it, right? Like, you know, let's say that I'm in a 30-person organization and I'm, I'm an IT director. Uh, you know, why do I need to have two accounts? Uh, or maybe they didn't even know that, you know, the way to solve for this control is to have two accounts. And, um, you know, NIST does offer some supplemental guidance. Um, uh, for instance, you know, this control enhancement limits exposure when operating from within privileged accounts or roles. The inclusion of roles address situations where organizations implement access control policies, such as role-based access control, and where a change of role provides the same degree of assurance in the change of access authorizations for both the user and all processes acting on behalf of the user, as would be provided by a change between a privileged and non-privileged account. So, you know, when, when we kind of read over what NIST's supplemental um, guidance is for this control, then what we what we stumble upon is this interesting attitude of, well... Um, we shouldn't be doing things that don't require elevated permissions on a day-to-day basis. That's sort of the first fundamental part of this control. If if you're just checking email and you're, you know, working with some Word documents and things like that, or maybe you're working IT tickets, there's no reason to be working out of an elevated admin uh, role or elevated admin uh, account. Uh, but what can happen is if, you, if that's the only account you have and uh, you've got activities that are happening in that account all the time, it's much harder to spot issues in your uh, scene logs or your security information and event logs that are happening from that non-privileged user. Great example is um, maybe there are some invalid logins that happen from time to time. You fumble a password. Um, but if you didn't fumble that password at 3 o'clock in the morning and all of a sudden, you know, there's sort of activity across your system indicating that somebody else may be trying to use that elevated privilege, it may be an indicator of an attack. Mm -hmm. And so a lot of the reasoning behind this is for one, um, looking for evidence of potential indicators of of attack, but another one is also looking for times when a user got elevated to using privileged functions um, that can only be done by certain accounts and it should be easier to identify when those specific accounts are used. the goal again is to spot anomalous activity or call attention to unusual uses of admin accounts. Um, That's, that I think is very important. A lot of people have this misunderstanding that somebody is a hacker can sort of get into a system and just instantly execute an attack. (laughs) That's not usually what happens. Usually attackers will get into a system for some period of time and really learn about what's going on day to day there, believe it or not. Mm -hmm. So under that circumstance, It is so important to always have a watch out for this anomalous activity, or in other words, activity that is unusual, uh, which could be as minor as something happening at an unusual time of day. Those are the indicators you're looking for. And sadly, it's kind of the best indicator that you're really gonna get when it comes to someone who may have guessed the right password from an unprotected account that's not using multi-factor authentication by accident or something crazy like that. So um, I just wanna kind of call that out because I think it's really, really misunderstood uh, why we, um, you know, why we go through and, and use that kind of stuff. So um, now, Roman, go over the, the actual question with me one more time because I think in thinking of the answer to the question, I kind of went off on this tangent of focusing on why this control exists, which is so misunderstood. But um, hit me with the question one more time to make sure I addressed it.
0: Yeah, it was just, and I, you, you, you hit on it basically. It was just, why is it important to separate privileged and non-privileged accounts when performing certain functions?
1: Um, yeah, so uh, again, I, I think that's a, a pretty a pretty good summary there of, of exactly yeah. you know why behind that.
0: Yeah, exactly. You know this this control is all about safeguarding against risk. and as you mentioned, pinpointing issues when when you're trying to prevent when you're trying to prevent attacks or when you're when you're, as I said, safeguarding against risk risks. So what are the key assessment points that it, that an assessor
1: w- would look for with this control? Yeah, great question. So there are there are actually two on this control. It's kind of a shorter control. Uh I think because it's you know once you understand what they're looking for, I think it's pretty straightforward. The first one is to determine if non-security functions are identified. Um and what I mean by non-security functions are have you defined what it is okay for a standard user to do in your system? Um, And maybe the easiest way to really solve for this is by saying something along the lines of non-security functions are identified via group policy and individual system access restrictions. You could use access control lists. There's a lot of different ways to do it, but that would be a good sample answer. And I think that um, when we really dive in and and really look at this, a non-security function would probably be defined as any function that a standard user can do that doesn't require elevated permissions. Uh, But again, I don't think that's an acceptable answer. We have to sort of talk about what are the control mechanisms for that particular answer or that assessment point. So um, that's definitely how we're going to determine if non-security functions are identified. The next one is determining if users are required to use non-privileged accounts or roles when they're accessing non-security functions. Now, this is frankly a policy issue, um, but we have to have something probably in an IT operations policy that states that. IT admins have a regular account, and then they have an IT admin account for themselves so that you can determine when uh, you know, administrative activity is taking place. So uh, we might give a sample answer of all privileged account holders also have non-privileged accounts for non-privileged functions and activities, which they are required to use when not performing privileged functions. Um, they can switch into their, their elevated admin account if necessary. Um, and then determination and audit of this use is performed via the same solution or same system. So we're coming in and mentioning the fact that the idea of we have an ability to audit this, that's where the word determine comes in. And, um, you know, again, it's, it's really all about accountability and making sure that we don't have a nasty situation where you've got someone who is um, perhaps accessing an admin account uh, and doing things that they just generally shouldn't be doing, uh, you know, the, the popular one is to start all of a sudden noticing things happening, um, you know, at three o'clock in the morning, right, right in the middle of a foreign country's uh, business day. Um, so we those are the types of things that we kind of watch out for. In the
0: YouTube video, and again, all of these controls are available in, in bite-sized videos on our YouTube channel. Check them out. Uh, in that video for this control, you, you mentioned that this control allows you to easily identify any bad actors in the event of a compromise. So what challenges might organizations face when trying to implement uh, and enforce this control?
1: Yeah, I love this question. Um, I love this question because we regularly do risk assessments. Uh, Part of those risk assessments look for anomalous activity from logins. They look for failed logins. And I think one of the big challenges that you run into is Um, You may find that there are thousands of good and bad logins to sort through, and um, I think it just underscores the vital importance of using a regular account versus a full administrator account uh, in various systems, because if you've got several thousand good logins across the course of a few days, what is that an indicator of? Well, you may have some automated process that's being used in a regular user account, now, if you've got an admin account that's doing that, I think that's cause for concern. Um, and I think that really illustrates, you know, the the need to be able to understand uh, what it is that your accounts are doing because it's, it's just so, so vital. Um, again, you know, there are scripts that people tie to their accounts. There are uh, just all kinds of various things that people wind up getting their Windows accounts attached to and the truth is is that to be able to um, really know what's going on with these accounts, you've got to have that, that, that traceability down in the seam system and you've really gotta have uh, the ability for uh, those things to be able to be traceable to what's going on. So uh, if you don't have a system that is doing a failed login check periodically, if you don't have, if, it's, if you've never had a third party cybersecurity or information security assessment done, I really just cannot recommend that enough. Um, it's something that we do regularly. We do it as part of all of our DFARS and NIST and CMMC audits um, and, and, you know, gap analyses and solution designs and things like that. Stuck in their system, making sure it runs correctly. It's Very difficult to really get your head out of that and make sure you're doing regular security assessments. Uh, I think that's something best done by an outside firm. So I really strongly recommend Uh, recommend that done and it's definitely a challenge you're going to run into with this
0: right and uh and that's that's some valuable information this is a very important control you know what we like to do on this podcast after our three normal questions we like to uh we, we like to ask a silly question and sometimes our silly questions are great and sometimes they're not so great. And and coming into this one, this one was not so great. So I'm going to pivot a little bit because I really, this is, this
1: silly question does not reflect our best work. So um, <laughs> it's a tough control. What, it's, I'd love to say that this is like one of the best podcasts we've ever done, but the reality is this control is tough, man. It's, you know, it's, it's pretty dry and it's very straightforward. And there's uh you know, you get, we're, we're going to have to reach on this one, I think.
0: I don't know personally for me. You know, if you've been a long time listening to this podcast, I think my personal favorites so far have been the culture episode and the space episode. I think those are. I think <laughs> those were some of our bet some of our better episodes. But anyway, instead of the question I have written down here, because it quite frankly is terrible, uh, I'm gonna I'm 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 gonna pivot here and say this. This sounds like you know you mentioned being able to tell if. If you know somebody uses a password at three o'clock in the morning, or that there are that that there are little ways to tell if something is off. so so, Mike, you being a car guy, how would you equate this to understanding if there's a problem with your car? Hmm. Or can you? Like, like you know sometimes you know if there's a problem with an engine or something, there can be a little sound here or there that that gives away
1: what the problem is, right? Yeah, maybe maybe that's a maybe that's a better one. Um, I, I think you know when you hear a knocking out of your engine, right, and you don't know what it is, the reality is you got to go and 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 look under the hood. So, um, you know, ultimately, if if you've got a funny sound coming from your engine, presumably you're going to go open up the hood and look. Um, but interestingly, if you were deaf and you could not hear and there was a sound coming from your engine, you might not know that there's ever a problem. And you know, if that problem is something catastrophic for the engine, like it's gonna blow up, well, then you're blind. Um, you know, and, and so I think you know, this is a very interesting control because what you're essentially doing if you're not using a separated admin account to perform administrative functions within your system is you're, you're effectively turning off your hearing to problems and you're turning off your ability to see things as well, and you really are flying blind and deaf, it's a, it's a dangerous thing. Um, you know, in smaller systems, maybe it's not such a major issue, but it's still a best practice. But boy, when you start getting above 50, 60, 70 computers, you've got to have these best practices in place because you've got to be listening for those knocks in the engine. You've got to be listening for that thing to spring a leak and run out of oil, if you will. Um, I just generally think that it's something that the larger and larger your network gets, the more and more vital the best practices and the tools to monitor this kind of stuff gets. So um, so I would definitely really advocate that, um, number one, you got to have it for compliance. There's nothing, there's nothing we can really do about that per se. But I also think that it is um, a scenario that people don't understand that they are flying as blindly as they are when they don't have something like this in place. So Uh, If you're listening to this podcast, one of our regular listeners, you know, hopefully this is maybe just kind of a a thought process that um, you've got to really be looking out for those kinds of strange activities. Maybe it's not a bad password. Maybe it's a VPN connection that, um, you know, was just something that was highly unusual from an admin account and and it wasn't you uh, or it wasn't one of your fellow admins. So that's the kind of stuff that I would really look out for. Um, and, and again, just as I say, you don't want to run that car without oil and then and then put on some headphones so you can't you can't hear the thing you know, before it's about to explode. Uh, and I think that's very much worthwhile.
0: And that and then, and and that is why a, a, a dashboard has those lights to let you know that you need to check your engine or you're low on oil or whatever. Uh, but at the same time, it is extremely illegal to drive with headphones. So don't do that. Um, <laughs> Fun fact: It's also illegal in Florida, where we are, uh, to drive barefoot. So interesting! How you know all that? Although my brother used to do, do that all the time. So, <laughs> the question is: How do the police know? They they they're spying on you. So they're so they're
1: using your passwords at three in the morning. That's how they know. Un- unless you're driving a McLaren Senna, which has windows in the doors, but that's beside the point. <laughs> <laughs>
0: And that wraps up another great episode of Mission Compliance. We hope our discussion today has provided you with valuable insights, practical strategies, and inspiration to navigate the ever-evolving world of defense. We'd like to thank Mike for joining us today and giving us great information on privileged versus non-privileged accounts and how to keep your information safe. Thanks, Mike. Hey, always a pleasure, Robin. This is a fun one. But the conversation doesn't end here. We encourage you to continue exploring these topics and connect with us Using our social media channels. Share your thoughts, ask questions, and engage with fellow listeners by using the hashtag Mission Compliance Podcast. If you haven't already, don't forget to hit that subscribe button on your favorite podcast platform to be the first to know when new episodes like this one are released. And we'd truly appreciate it if you could take a moment to rate and review the show. Your feedback helps us to continue to bring you thought provoking episodes and high quality content. And if I may pause the outro here and take a minute, by the time this comes out, We will have passed Christmas, so I would like to say to all of our listeners, I hope you had a wonderful holiday and a happy new year in the days following this release. Join us again on the next episode of Mission Compliance as we delve further into the dynamic world of defense, security, and industry innovation. Until then, take care, stay informed, and make compliance your mission. Happy holidays, everybody.
1: Hey, everybody. Happy holidays.